Welcome to Inside New Mexico. I'm Derek Underhill, and we are talking real issues, real people, and real New Mexico with former congressman of the 2nd Congressional District of New Mexico, now chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. How are you, Steve? Derek, doing great, and it's an exciting time across the nation, but it's also exciting here in New Mexico. We're seeing things happen. People are really upbeat. They're seeing their pay go up. They got a little more take-home pay. They have more money in the bank because of the tax cut. And all of those things say that the general population is going to feel favorable toward the president. And so we're here trying to reassure people that he's who he says he is and that the country is in good hands. All we need to do is reelect this president and New Mexico is going to be in good shape. We have an exciting show today, Derek. We're going to be talking, of course, about the Democrat debate and uh, Trump in Dallas. We're also in the second segment going to talk about Project Veritas, again, continuing its expose on CNN. And then we have uh, the trial of the pro-life activists going on right now. Nothing is being put into the national media about that, but we're going to cover it on here. The wildfires in California continue to burn out of control. The state just keeps asking the same question. It must be global warming. No, actually, it is government policy, and we'll be covering that. Then we've got some items from the New Mexico legislature, but uh, Derek, a great show, jam-packed with info today, so I encourage our listeners, buckle your seatbelts and hang on, because we got a lot to cover. Well, let's get started then with this week in today's Democratic Party. What are you seeing? Well, the the debate tells us everything that you need to know. First of all, the targets were not Bernie Sanders nor Joe Biden. That tells you they're basically finished in their primary. Anytime people see a front runner and they begin to attack them, if you're not too big a consideration, people hardly even mention you. And that's why this last debate was significant. Warren was under fire the entire night. And frankly, her polls began to reflect that this week. So it's amazing to watch how the Democrats do the same thing as Republicans. They'll eat their own. What they were attacking, and it was was uh, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, Pete Buttigieg, and Senator Amy Klobuchar really went after Warren for her refusal to admit that she's going to have to raise middle-class taxes in order to pay for her socialist schemes. And that's what Trump has been saying all along. There's no way that this country is going to go to socialism because it's going to raise taxes on everybody. They're just barely making ends meet in the middle class right now. And to see a tax increase, and especially one that is forecast by politicians, is a definite way to lose at the ballot box. Warren just responded by stating that Medicare for all is the way we get health care coverage for every single American. And Bernie Sanders, he's trying now to be relevant, but people basically think he doesn't have the health in order to take on such a rigorous challenge as the presidency. But he chimed in, as someone who wrote the damn bill, it is appropriate to acknowledge that taxes will go up. And so, again, you have Warren saying, no, taxes is not going to go up. I'm not going to sign anything that raises taxes to the middle class. And Sanders saying, you're certainly wrong about that, Elizabeth. Taxes will go up. I wrote the bill. Klobuchar then weighed back in, taking aim at Warren and casting her health care plan as fanciful and politically unrealistic. She went on to say that, well, at least Bernie's being honest here and saying how he's going to pay for this and taxes are going to go up. And then kind of a backhand slap to Warren says, I'm sorry, Elizabeth, but you've not said that. And I think we owe it to the American people to tell them where we're going to send the invoice. I mean, she's sounding almost like a Republican at this point, but Klobuchar is so far down in the polls that she's not going to go anywhere. And 
anybody with anything less than this full socialist bent that Warren and Sanders have created for the rest of the field is not going anywhere. Now, at the end of the night, both Buttigieg and Klobuchar had really significant fundraising nights, 1.1 million each in the 24 hours following that presidential debate. I think probably the most notable thing is that Biden who has been the unrivaled frontrunner since before he even declared his candidacy in April, he has just not been raising the money. And that's where you can tell that he's basically dead in the water. People think that the scandal with his son is too close to him. They think that it's going to come down badly on him. Plus, he's just always seemed like he's faded in the mind of the public. He just doesn't have the energy and has very little substance to what he's saying. So those are sort of the takeaways from me. But if you look at the New York Post editorial board, you say, well, poor Bernie Sanders, first he's plummeting in the polls, then a heart attack, and now, with tongue in cheek, they say the squad of the far-left House freshman is rushing to his support, and so they're not going to bring any new votes with him, and in fact, the Post editorial says, hasn't Bernie suffered enough? Just don't burden him with this socialist squad that is coming to his help now. Meanwhile, President Trump goes into Dallas, has a crowd of about 30,000 people gathered outside the American Airlines Center to watch the speech on a large screen outside. He derided uh, former Texas Representative Beto O'Rourke as very dumb for pushing to confiscate guns and tax religious institutions and remarked that Joe Biden's family overtly profited from his political career. Can you imagine, Derek, what would happen if Donald Jr. had done even a tenth of what Hunter Biden has done? Oh, and yet done. the press yeah. will give him a full ride. It'd be over. Yeah, Yeah, it'd be over. So this event in Dallas was just huge, huge. And one of the great reasons Trump is getting support from Hispanic voters is that the poverty rate among Hispanics is at an all-time low. And studies show that the median income for Hispanic Americans has surpassed $50,000 a year for the first time ever. That's the reason that President Trump is gaining support among Hispanic voters throughout the country, but especially here in New Mexico. And so the president went on to talk about uh, natural gas production and oil and gas production having increased dramatically, natural gas up by 35 percent, oil production has gone up by 60 percent, and the U.S., because of that, is now the number one producer in the world. What holds true for Texas oil and gas holds true for New Mexico oil and gas, too. And so, again, the contrast between the parties could not be more stark right now. Trump continues to hammer at the theme at uh, Thursday's rally saying that Democrats want to eviscerate not only Medicare, but also babies just prior to the birth. He said that they're trying to impose this extreme agenda on the U.S. And meanwhile, they can't pass it and they can't win at the ballot box. They're not going to win, the president says. They're not even going to come close in 2020, and they know it. I say that that's one of the reasons they continue on this blind rush towards impeachment. No matter what they can find to stick against the wall, they just keep throwing things, hoping something will stick. The president continued that they, the Democrats, want to tear down every symbol of faith and drive Christians and religious believers from the public square. They want to silence your voices on social media, and they want the government to censor, muzzle, and shut down conservative voices. And he said, you, the people, know it. Trump, in the meantime, has been setting a record pace, raking in money, raising a record $125 million in the third quarter of this year. By comparison, former President Obama and the Democratic National Committee raised just over $70 million in the third quarter of 2011 for his reelection campaign. 
The RNC, the Republican National Committee, is, is again setting records with 27.3 million just last month and had 59 million cash in the bank as at the end of August. The Democrats, meanwhile, are pushing debt and not raising money. Overall, it's been a tremendous, tremendously powerful month for the president. And I just think that it continues to drive home the point that the president is going to win re-election. He's going to win New Mexico. I'm talking with Steve Pierce. This is Inside New Mexico, and we'll be right back. National Guard and Reserve members are true leaders, both in the military and in the workplace. They are highly skilled and get the job done every day. Employer support of the Guard and Reserve, ESGR, can help you recruit top-notch service members to your workforce. Hiring Guard and Reserve members is good for your business and good for your community. Visit esgr.mil slash employers to learn more. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico with Chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. President Trump often talks about how he can't get a fair shake from the media. And now we see some CNN employees admitting media bias at their network. Imagine that. Imagine that. And I tell you, we owe a lot to a guy named David Dalyadon. He is the one that has Project Veritas. They're the ones who go in with undercover videos and get people admitting to the truth when they don't realize they're being filmed. He did this with Planned Parenthood and had these ghastly things that they were talking about, body parts and all. But in this CNN video, the third in his series was released last week. In that video, one of the CNN employees, Gerald Cisnetti, he's a field production supervisor at CNN, said in the video, the only way this coverage of Trump will go away is when he, Trump, dies, hopefully soon. Now, Derek, I I know that you have been in media a long time, and you know what would happen if President Trump said something like that about someone on the other side. It would just be all out war on that one comment. Look at what they were doing when he said some profanity in a speech. And yet no one in the media is really concentrating on this comment that hopefully he dies soon. This concentration on Trump is admitted time after time by one after another of these CNN employees. Scott Garber, he's a senior field engineer, told the Project Veritas recorder that we used to cover news. We used to go out and do stories and we used to cover stuff. He didn't say exactly stuff, but we used to cover it. But Trump is more important. Meanwhile, CNN technical operations supervisor Adia Jacobs said the network's president Jeff Zucker is driving the constant coverage of the president. Jacobs said that when Zucker took over, it wasn't until Trump that we ended up being all Trump all the time, Jacobs said. And so Zucker takes over at CNN and decides that the only news is going to be Zucker. Meanwhile, some of the harshest criticism of the network that has billed itself as the most trusted name in news came from 25-year veteran employee Patrick Davis, a manager of field operations at CNN. His comment was, I hate seeing what we were and what we could be and what we've become. He said, it's just awful. Davis said, I mean, we could be so much better than what we are, and the buck stops with him 
meaning Zucker, he's involved every day, has a plan, whatever. I don't agree with it. And then Davis continued on, even though we're totally left-leaning, we don't want to admit it. He said in that same video, Mike Brevna, a floor manager at CNN, said during the recorded video that it's the Trump network dog. It's like everything is all Trump. They're not even thinking about anybody else. He said they sold themselves to the devil. It's sad because there's so much news going on out there, but they don't cover none of it. Poarch, who left CNN after the first expose CNN video came out, hopes that the network and other establishment media outlets are going to return to reporting the news instead of trying to create the news to their liking. His comment was, I want CNN and any other outlet to basically return to what they once were, where, hey, we tune in to get our facts, we can make our minds up left, right, center, whatever, cool, and we go on with our lives, he said. He continued that, I don't want anyone to basically, you know, be spun into believing or programmed into believing one way or the other. That's not what I'm about, and that's why I'm coming forward. These are insiders talking about CNN's bias against Trump and all other news has been cast aside to concentrate on Trump. And people inside who are real journalists are hating it and are coming forward and turning in testimony. They're giving evidence to people who hopefully will listen and help the network return to what it once was, because right now they're nothing about news. Changing subjects a bit here. There's been a trial of some pro-life activists. Give us an update on that, please. Well, again, you recall that they had the videos talking to Planned Parenthood employees, and so that trial is going on. They're claiming that the videos were somehow breaking the law. Planned Parenthood is trying to sue the people who made the video. The star witness, who is Dr. Deborah Nukatova, she's the former medical director for Planned Parenthood, took the stand, and this was going to be her simply tearing up the pro-life activists and convincing jurors that they violated the Federal Racketeer Influence Corrupt Organizations Act, the RICO statute, and that they had done that when they secretly filmed evidence that Planned Parenthood was engaged in the illegal trafficking of aborted baby tissue and organs for profit. And so Nukatola, if you remember, was the subject of the first video summary. She was shot while she's munching salad and sipping wine back in July 14th of 2015. She was dispassionately discussing in graphic detail the way she altered second trimester abortion procedures. That's her specialty. In in order to ensure that organs were intact for organ procurement countries, which paid Planned Parenthood for the aborted baby tissues. Well, she was supposed to be the star witness, and on the stand, she said she had been conducting, on average, 200 abortions per month for her entire 21-year career. That means she's been responsible for the death of over 50,000 pre-born babies, and she said, I could provide abortions to 24 weeks and beyond if needed. So, Nukatoa noted that she prefers to use the euphemism term tissue donation instead of selling baby body parts for profit. She also described how she was upset about the release of the videos and again sobbing and relating how she and her family were damaged by them. Now, that moment when she was describing that might have been the turning point for the whole defense. Upon cross-examination, one pro-life attorney questioned Nukatoa about the damage caused by the video. Then he brought up statements she had made under oath during an earlier deposition where she stated that, oh, the video is no big deal did not damage me. In addition, she had made sworn statements such as, I did nothing wrong. I don't care if those videos were released. There is nothing wrong with what I said. 
This completely impeached Nukatova's testimony and destroyed her credibility. And so the star witness against the pro-life activists who filmed these videos basically destroyed her own credibility. And Judge William Oreck, who previously denied all requests to show any of the video taken by the Center for Medical Progress to the jury. However, after that testimony, he allowed the playing of five minutes of raw, uncut video from the lunch meeting with Nukatova and the undercover pro-life journalists who posed as representatives of an Oregon pro procurement company. The courtroom observer told Operation Rescue that tears could be seen on the faces of some members of the jury as they watched Nukatoa speaking on video about livers, lungs, hearts, muscle, calvarium, that's baby heads, that were harvested from the bodies of aborted babies. The courtroom observer went on to say that the jury was stunned. It was the first time during the three-week trial that they had ever seen any of the debated video. It was a game-changer and a huge victory for the pro-life defendants. Planned Parenthood star witness turned into a star witness for the defense. They said it could not have been better. Well, Derek, again, as we close this segment up, you recall from those videos that another one of the employees of Planned Parenthood, Mary Gatner, she gave testimony last week also, and she was filmed by the undercover journalist where she's haggling over the price that she would receive for providing tissue and organs from babies aborted at her Planned Parenthood abortion clinic in Pasadena, California. An anonymous source inside the courtroom told Operation Rescue that Gatner's testimony confirmed that Planned Parenthood does engage in the sale of aborted baby body parts under the guise of tissue procurement under questioning by an attorney for one of the pro-life defendants, Gatter admitted she was indeed negotiating with the undercover journalist and in saying, I told him I wanted a Lamborghini, she admitted. So these things, if the press would put them out, would turn the entire country against what's going on in Planned Parenthood clinics when they sell baby body parts. They're engaged in for-profit destruction of human life, and not many people understand it. I'm talking with Steve Pierce, and this is Inside New Mexico. We have one more segment to go. I hope you'll stay tuned. Attention, New Mexico veterans. If you were honorably discharged from the U.S. Armed Forces, you've earned state and federal benefits, and the New Mexico Department of Veteran Services is standing by to assist you. State benefits include a veteran's property tax exemption, education and training, and transportation services. We can also assist with claims for federal VA benefits. The state of New Mexico and this radio station thank you for your service. More information at nmveterans.org or 1-866-433-8387. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico with Steve Pierce, chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico, and California wildfires. Well, this seems to happen every year, but for some reason, they're blaming the power company now. Tell us about it. Well, they blamed the power company last year. In fact, they did the same thing. I think it was a Scott Abel fire here in New Mexico. What happens is that the Forest Service quits cutting trees under pressure from the environmental groups as the fuels build up, and they do, because if you're not cutting trees, then small trees are going to sprout and grow and they keep crowding out and the health the forest gets very unhealthy but then a drought hits and it becomes like a tinderbox and that's what's happening in the Mexico forest but it's also happening in California California is home of a lot of forests I formed a relationship during my time in Congress with a lead investigator for 30 years for the Los Angeles forest and he was one of the ones who really let me understand how 
the Forest Service is to blame for what's going on with the wildfires across the country, but especially in California. And so now then not only does California have the largest homeless population in America, 20% of all of America's poor and the highest poverty rate in the country, it's now a state where people want to flee from rather than fleeing to. All my life, people have wanted to move to California to be there in that wonderful climate close to the ocean, got just the most scenic areas of the country, and yet the population is voting with their feet that California is no longer a place to live. Add on top of the homeless population and the problems that are being faced in the major cities, environmental disasters where the EPA remains totally silent, but uh, those disasters are happening and now then you have the wildfires burning out of control again. Of course, the politicians want to say that it's PG&E and so PG&E, the Pacific Gas and Electric Company, it's the largest utility in the nation in response to the politicians' complaints shut off the electricity to people living in 34 counties in central and northern California, which includes San Francisco Bay, and it's one of the most densely populated parts of the entire country. The impact on the state economy, some are estimating as high as $2.6 billion. And so now then, PG&E has been driven into bankruptcy by people who are claiming that the utility is the ones causing these disasters. No, it's the buildup of the fuels in the forest, and then it is the dry climate. It's the drought, which then builds up these explosive conditions in our national forests. And so PG&E is just an easy person to blame. And so what's happening now because of the attacks by the left, now people are vandalizing its offices and shooting up its trucks. The real culprits continue to be the extreme environmentalists and the politicians who do their bidding. The problems in land use policies that prohibit common sense land management, that's thinning of our forest, reducing the fuel load on the forest floor, creating fire breaks, building access roads, all of these things are things that have been stopped international forest because the extremists don't want anyone in the forest except themselves. Now, keep in mind that all of these activities that we just mentioned, that is the reducing of the fuel loads, the thinning of the forest, the cleaning up of the floor, the fire breaks, building access roads, that would all be done by the logging companies free in exchange for access to the timber. And so private enterprise, the free market would cure these problems in our forest, except the extremists and the government bureaucracies who do their bidding then simply prohibit the logging companies from getting access into our land. I tell our voters that they're going to have one choice in this coming election. They're going to elect a socialist or they're going to elect the president to a second term. That's their only two choices. You can see which way that the left is going. And so if you want to return jobs to New Mexico, if you want us to clean up our forest, if you want us to stop the late-term abortions, if you want us to stop raising taxes, if you want better pay and more jobs, then you're going to have to vote for this president. If you vote for a socialist, I will guarantee you we're going to end up looking like Venezuela or Cuba. That's what happened. They used to both have thriving economies, and when they became communist or socialist, then the economies failed. So very interesting case study going on right now in California. And many times, New Mexico is trying to mimic what California is doing. It does seem that way. And I'll tell you, you know, Venezuela is an extreme version of socialism. I've been to Western Europe, and I'm sure you have too. And I got to tell you, I'd rather live here. They have the kind of socialism that some of these candidates are talking about. I don't want that either. This is why we're America. This is why we're great. It's the reason we have jobs. It's the reason we have prosperity. 
On to some New Mexico issues. New Mexico Pot Legalization Task Force has released their plan. I didn't even know we had a pot task force. Tell us about it. Well, it's uh, one more of the bumper stickers by this governor, Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, continues to try to release policies that will look good on bumper stickers, but how in the world they're going to work in reality, no one knows. But she has a task force that released its report, and basically they said they're going to use taxes to subsidize medical pot purchases for low-income patients and set aside money for police and loans to cannabis startup companies. Now, the money set aside for police, you can just forget that. Remember that we've got one of the highest crime states in the entire country right now. We lead in auto theft and and personal property theft. We continue to see fatalities every week from murders around the state, but especially in Albuquerque. And so now there's going to be one more thing here that causes New Mexico to be set back. This proposal that they came up with would prohibit local governments from banning marijuana sales. So you're not going to be able to have a county that is free from this scourge of drugs among our kids and among those people who struggle the most. So the recommendation now is going to go to the legislature for consideration. Basically, medical marijuana is currently taxed on average at 7%, but it would become tax-free under this particular legislation. Millions of dollars are going to be set aside to subsidize cannabis for low-income patients. I think the main takeaway is that this suggestion by this study group is very similar to what was rejected last year. I just don't see that even the Democrat voters in New Mexico are going to put up with this. It continues to be a big divide between the parties. We in the Republican Party say that someone has to stand up for the average everyday working man and woman trying to raise their kids right. And so I always visualize a single mom struggling, maybe working two jobs, just trying to keep things going and then having to fight with our teenagers over legalized pot and what it's going to mean. I had put an editorial in the Albuquerque Journal in March of this year. I still think those ideas are ones that voters are looking for in the public square. So I encourage all candidates, Republicans and Democrats alike, to stand against these proposals that are going to just put one more nail in the economic coffin of New Mexico. If you are listening to us right now and you are agreeing with what Steve Pierce, chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico, is saying and want to find out more, maybe get involved, how would they do that, Steve? Sure. Just uh, check in on our web page, NewMexico.gop. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. They're all at NewMexicoGOP. We've got uh, all of these podcasts are on multiple apps, uh, the Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast. Just go to any one of these apps on your phone or tablet, search for Inside New Mexico with Steve Pierce, and subscribe, and you'll be notified when a new episode is available. Get involved, though. Be a part of making sure that we take New Mexico back. It's my intent to turn New Mexico red in 2020. If you want to get involved in redeeming the future of New Mexico, no matter how you're registered, Republican, Democrat, or Independent, call our headquarters at 505-298-3662 to get involved. We would love to have you. Again, thanks to our local radio stations for airing these programs. Well, Steve Pierce, thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you and our listeners again next week here on Inside New Mexico.